Coming up on Anything is Potable, we're talking about the All-Star Game, our reactions to the new rules, and then Jay King is handing out his mid-season grades. Uh, <laughs> you are now tuned into Anything Potable, the most honorable, the most audible. Hold the applause. Like Welcome to Anything is Potable. Coming live to you from Jay King's house. Surprise, bitches. Jay did not know I was going to show up. Uh, just kind of a, assumed we would do it in person. We don't say the B word here. We don't? Not in this apartment. Okay. We well, say female tendencies. <laughs> female tendencies. Okay, yeah. Well, uh, surprise female tendencies. <laughs> I'm here, ready to podcast, celebrating President's Day. I just thought like it would be better to, to do this in person. So, Jay, I'm here. I hope I didn't ruin your day. But um, Happy re- President's Day. I am the only president I recognize. Jay just claimed this to me as well. Um, he's the president of everything that matters. He's yet to, he's wearing a Minnesota Twins hat, which is something odd that I just noticed. What you know about the Twins? They got some boppers in that lineup these days. Let me hear them. A lot of boppers. A lot of good boppers. All right, we are. They can really rake. They can. <laughs> Great stuff. <laughs> so we are. Anything is potable. We're the Boston Celtics podcast here on the Athletic Network. And we. The All-Star game just happened. The Celtics are on a week-long break. Tell them who you are. Tell them who you are. Oh, I'm Jam Packard, professional sports fan. Tell them who you are. I'm Jay King. I just realized how much I'm yelling right now. It's fantastic. President of everything that matters. All right. You watch the All-Star game. Everyone's raving about it. I thought it was cool. They changed the rules. You claim uh, it's not because of the rule change, the Elam ending. Uh, That's not why the game was better this year. The game always had incentive. I'm, I'm sure, like... The game, there was always a score being kept. There was always a winner and a loser. It never was competitive the past however many years. The difference this year, there was charity last year, right? Yeah. Was that the first time they did charity? I forget when they did charity. I have no idea about those details. But this wasn't the first year they, they had money for charity going out. The difference this time to me was Kobe. They wanted to honor Kobe and they wanted to play hard for Kobe because they knew the association of Kobe with the Elam ending. So it wasn't, Why, I it don't wasn't, know the the connection new, it wasn't necessarily the new format. It was that guys got drive from, from I think the, the 24. Just because they added 24 points. And, and the whole, the whole, and playing the whole Kobe. weekend playing for Kobe, I, I think actually made a difference. I really do because like having score kept for one fourth quarter, that, they had they kept score for the whole game. Before. They did. And no, but a lot of times it was pretty close going into the fourth quarter, and nobody still cared. Now all of a sudden, dudes are going all out. We got Kyle Lowry taking charges, which was awesome. All star grift. We got Giannis slamming LeBron shots off the backboard and guarding LeBron hard as heck. We got the best athletes in the world going toe to toe against each other, which is everything I've ever wanted to have an all star game. It was. The greatest All-Star game, I'm not going to say of my lifetime because when Magic Johnson came back, that was like special. I have no memory. That was absolutely special. AI led like a 15-point comeback or something, but I don't remember it at all. I just saw it on Twitter. about the 15-point AI comeback. Rachel Nichols did when she tweeted it out. Sweet. (laughs) (laughs) But the, the Elam thing was cool, though. Like, I don't have any evidence to say, like, your uh, Kobe take is wrong, but I do I enjoy. I don't the have any evidence that it's right. So. Exactly. So we're all speculating here. I do think the Elam ending was just a cool way of doing it because it makes the game 
no matter what, end on a shot, a made shot. And like or basketball free throws after off ball foul. It's still a made shot. I think they can switch that, but it still makes it like basketball is about making shots and like being efficient at it, being consistently able to knock down shots. So I think it just I just liked it as like uh, a structure. It felt like pickup. And so that's the type of basketball I play. It was I just thought it was a cool ending. Like LeBron pulling up from where was he, 40 to try to get uh game it. The Kyle Lowry charge when we everyone knew Harden was shooting there. I thought it was fun. The free throw thing, there's ways to change it. I heard one way was like if it's game point, uh, a made free throw takes one off the other team. So you still have to make like a But then everyone's just going to be hacking. Not if they're losing points. It's going to be hacking, hacking, hacking. You'll never let a dude make the final shot. You'll just hack him. It'll yeah, but then it gets be, into, it'll just be hack after. I hack mean, that happens hack. in pickup too. Like people hack on final shot. Like yeah, but no, nobody wants nobody wants the end to be like pickup. I I just think it was the worst possible. So like fix the, it, bro. The, I think the rules These are fine. Oriented. I think the rules are fine. It was just the worst possible end that could oh, happen. Yeah. Like if LeBron had hit that three, no one would have cared that the fouls were the way they are. It's just he missed it. James Harden decided to pass up a wide open layup. Yeah, that was weird. I don't know why. But, like, to me, the foul thing wasn't a real issue. It was just how it played out was tough. Was tough. Would it be better if on, on game point you had to make a three? Is a three more dramatic and make it more fun? Or does it still, like, take some of the fun out of it? I'm cool with playing to a certain score and getting there however you want to get there. However you need to get there. I thought, honestly, it was on the ref. That was a weak foul. I mean, if they had just let hold them, if down. they had just let the contact go, or I don't know what. I mean, in that situation, else? if they're yeah, not going to call fouls, Kyle Lowry, it would have been tough to let that contact. Kyle Lowry's going to flop his way every single time if you're not calling fouls. It would have been tough to let that contact go. I'm not going to lie. Yes, but yeah, it was. But it was still. I mean, and it reminded you of just how hard it is to score on guys. Oh, was, when the best players are all locked in. It was two of the most elite defensive lineups you, we've ever seen. Drawing their asses off. It was all the best offensive players, and nobody could score. Yeah. It was it was incredible. And it was awesome because it reminded you like just how tough it is to get a bucket at the absolute highest level. It almost felt like a, a playoff game, the way they were digging in. And, and it Nick was, Nurse said the same thing, so that's pretty cool. I thought it was just like – I. Only the fourth quarter was cool, though. I didn't really watch the uh, other part of the game. I mean, so I think it's it's it is an improvement for the All Star game. Hopefully, it continues going in next year. Hopefully, it's all the Elam rule, uh, or they continue playing for Kobe Bryant because it just like made the weekend that much better. And I, I think players realized it was a lot better. Yeah, like Joel Embiid went on Twitter. That was the best All Star game, even though he lost it. Yeah, it was. The players understood that the show they put on was so much better. And it's just more fun for them, care. too. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it's a lot more fun to actually compete than to just go in and do layup lines and dunks for... What do you think about Trey Young being voted the starter, but uh, Chris Paul replacing him? Because I was all for it. Chris Paul did not replace him. Down the stretch? Kyle Lowry. Oh, Kyle Lowry. Chris Paul replaced Luka Doncic, which was a worse decision. <laughs> worse decision because Luka Doncic... Yeah, no, better. Kyle Lowry playing in front of Trey Young is absolutely deserving. He's a oh, better yeah. basketball player than Trey Young in the situation where they're playing a five-on-five five game to 24 against <laughs> the best players in the world. And defense now matters. Trey Young was going to <laughs> yeah. be lit up. <laughs> Imagine if Trey Young had been on that court. He would have been just 
demoralized by LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard time after time or James Harden or whoever it would have been. It would have been layups for those guys. So Kyle Lowry had to be out there. He had to be agitating. And it was fantastic to His see. His face after he drew that foul is just like that. Because, like, if everyone's playing an all-star level, that is all-star Kyle Lowry. Like, that's the best of his game. So it was, a, it was just cool to see everyone kind of bring that up. Uh, other things happen. This is a full weekend for the NBA. Skills challenge, uh, it's bunk. It's kind of dumb. I didn't Jason watch Tatum it. did not win. There's no reason to I watch it. I did not watch it. It's a I'm not gonna stupid lie. event. Didn't watch it. Three-point contest. Buddy Heald. Did you watch it? Legend, yes. Did you like the new Mountain Dew three-point shot from distance? I think it's dumb, honestly. Just give us the racks. The three-point contest has been the only thing that's like year-to-year pretty good in the NBA weekend, the All-Star weekend. It's the only thing that's pretty consistent. I don't think they need to change it. I don't think it's that that bad, though. It's like didn't ruin the, the like spear of the event. So like, why not just try it? It's just like, it was cool. I don't know. I don't know. There's no way to like do it any differently because if you finish in the corners, you can't have a long distance shot. But what do you think about the dunk contest? I didn't watch it. I don't care for the dunk contest. Some of those dunks were cool, but like I've seen way better dunks on YouTube. You watched the skills challenge and you watched the dunk contest. I had somewhere to be. I left right after the uh, three point contest. All right. I figured I'd be on Twitter and then I'd see all the dunks. Like there's no reason to watch it live. Everyone's talking about the controversy. Who cares? It's a dunk contest. No, no, I care. And, oh. and people should care. Why should people care about the dunk because contest Because the, dun- the dunk contest matters. Like, it matters to players. It matters historically. Winning the dunk contest matters. And if you have five judges who are colluding in the first place <laughs> to try to have ties, and then who can't even collude, right, and Dwayne Wade rigs the whole thing, allegedly Dwayne Wade. I don't know if it's definitely Dwayne Wade. It, it's so you, it's Aaron so Gordon dumb. has been so personally so aggrieved that this is like we need to stand up for Aaron Gordon. No, it's not that we have to stand up for Aaron Gordon. That's what you're doing. It's that they should have judges who actually care about the contest. There should be judges who so you are actually like hearing out Gordon, scores based on merit instead of just trying to get people forty seven to move it on. How do you like? Sub, it's a ten point scale. But they they talk to each other and said we're going to give each of these guys forty seven and move on. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That so should not happen. Okay. It, no, you, the fact that you're even sticking up for it, I should it's, punch you out of my apartment. It's right entirely an entertainment event. I should event. kick you into the Mystic River across. It's a staged event for our entertainment. It's like who gives a crap if Dwayne Wade tries to fix it? That makes it more entertaining. No, it doesn't. Put some corrupt no. judges on there. Historically, honestly, like winning a dunk contest is a thing, and it's a thing that's mattered. Matter like so, you're like, what does Aaron Gordon? What does he just lose out on? Because he got so aggrieved in the All Star. Clout, game. you know, you know about clout. I don't know about clout. I thought I had way more of the athletic. You got clout. You got clout. You got more clout than than you used to. I do on the road, and people treat me nice because the, the athletic. Aaron, Aaron Gordon could have had clout too. He, but. Everyone knows he like no one. Everyone knows he's a great dunker and like sh- should probably have two. Do you think he would really be like? But he come would on, be man. get more money. Come on, man. You can't have pe- the judges colluding. You cannot have the judges clued. But it just happened. Those judges should care. all be kicked out of All Star Weekend forever. <laughs> Full band. Dwayne Wade included, except Common. Common put on a great show. Common show was ridiculous. Man. It was like it was so uh, absurd. Just go. Just the idea of trying to rhyme every single person's name and then just so that not was, doing it for Giannis. Was that funny. was kind of goofy. It was goofy and it's like I it appreciate goofy, some but, of it, but the the kind of like poetry he did before the that story, yeah. was awesome. 
That was cool. Then he got to player names, and it was kind of goofy. The and player then, names, and then people got on Twitter writing their own, and it was it was actually a good moment for uh, the for player the names was goofy, but the the poetry was the spoken poetry. I'm all about comic. I'm a big comic guy. Big comic always guy. been a big comic guy. So when he can do his thing out there, it was powerful. The Kobe stuff was really powerful. The Chicago stuff was powerful. When they cut to Dwayne Wade, who should be punted out, of <laughs> should all be banned from all All Star games for perpetuity. <laughs> when they cut to him and he was ruining the sanctity and, and he, of the dunk contest. But when he had tears in his eyes because they, they were talking about how much he meant and how much he could mean to Chicago kids, that was cool. That was cool. I was I was all about the common segment. Common sense. I like the, the, the I guess I didn't realize the history of Chicago basketball as much, but I was recently reading that athletic piece about uh, KG's one year in Chicago. That was just uh, cool stories. The KG stories are always just the best, no matter what. Because when KG tells stories, they have at least 900 f <laughs> And he hypes up every single person in every single story. And so it's just fantastic. But yeah, everyone should go read the oral history of Kevin Garnett's high school experience in Chicago on The Athletic. Because it's fantastic. If you want to subscribe to The Athletic, you can go to theathletic.com slash anything is potable. And you'll get 40% off just because you did that from us. Uh, and then you'll get access to Jay King's writing on the Boston Celtics, where the most recent piece you uh, wrote for The Athletic was midseason grades for the Boston Celtics. So it's not really midseason. It's kind of like uh, 60% of the way, we would say. I don't know how many games it's they the all-star break. It's something we'll, it's, we'll a just call it it's a percentage break. I could figure out, you know, doing some math, but um, 38 plus 16 is 54 divided by 82. They're about two thirds of the way through the season. All right, yeah. That was pretty good. Yeah. What are your grades? Let's start about. I mean, this team has just won what, 12 of 14? Uh they're in the third place in the Eastern Conference. They're playing damn good basketball. I'd have to imagine. Uh, all these grades are coming in pretty high, but you know what? It's the all-star break. We can be positive if we're true Kaizen Warriors, like Leader Brad would want. And here's the thing. Here, here's part of the reason why I was really positive in these grades. The Celtics needed like five things to go right to have a chance to be really good this year, right? And that was Kemba needed to fit in. Jalen and Jason needed to take a step forward. Gordon Hayward needed to come back. And Marcus Smart needed to just keep doing Marcus Smart things, which was probably the safest bet of all of those. But the, those things all happen. They yep. all happen. And so, of course, they a, lot, a lot of people got good grades yeah. because everything the Celtics needed to happen this year has happened. And they weren't expected to be championship contenders. They might be, at least on like the lower fringes. But for them to be in the position they are, in third place in the East with a chance to get second place in the conference during the regular season in what has been a really competitive top of the conference so far, a lot has gone right. And so there are a lot of, lot of good grades to go around. Oh yeah. But you know what? We're here. We, we practice a growth mindset here on the, anything is potable. You can't get too high. You can't get too low. You can't start uh, reading the reviews and be believing the hype. In reaction to all the good grades, I feel like we should also try to work on what that team, like what each player needs to do to get better this season or head into the playoffs. Just because, you know what, we got to be, it's the all-star break. You got to review your tape. You got to you know, always be getting better. It's time better. for Kaizen. It's the ultimate Kaizen moment. So starting off your grades, would you rather start with the worst grades or the best grades? 
Let's go starters and then bench. All right, starter, top grade in the class, Kemba Walker, straight A from J. King. Yeah. Do you have any? No, I, I was struggling to try to come up with like what Kemba can improve upon because um, he's just been pretty damn good and uh, great teammate. Like for like just giving Jason Tatum all the hype and like force feeding him the ball when he's like ready to go off, scoring himself, uh, shooting efficiently from three, taking charges on defense. Like his size is not something he can really improve. I don't know what he needs to necessarily work on other than speaking a little louder in the locker room. He does. He's, he's the lowest talker there he is. He is the lowest he talker. But, he's, but he wears great jackets. Oh my God, his jacket game is fantastic. And his all-star green jacket was uh, it was Illy. It was good breakfast. Illy. Uh, yeah, I, I think, obviously, watching him in Charlotte, you knew Kemba was a great player, and you knew he could score in bunches, and you knew he shot a ton of three-pointers and made a lot of them, even though before this year, his percentages were always great. Like, what's been as good as that for the Celtics is the way he wants to empower guys. Like, Jason Tatum had the game of his life against the Clippers. I don't think that happens if Kyrie's on the team. Oh, no. Because Kyrie would have wanted the ball in crunch time, even if another guy was going. And Kyrie's fantastic. Like, this isn't me starting beef with Kyrie. It's just that Kemba has been willing to take a backseat. And not only take a backseat, but take a backseat in big moments when he feels like it's right. And that's, the Clippers game is a perfect example of that. Like every single time the ball was going to Tatum just because he was clearly so hot that he was having the best game of his career probably. And I can totally see in that moment, like comes down to the final shot. Uh, Kyrie was the type of person who'd like take over because he has that much supreme confidence in himself. But you're right. Kemba's just been like more like facilitating Tatum in that regard and not. He um, loves it. When, yeah. when Tatum goes wild, he loves it. And I think that's been a big deal for the South. And obviously a lot was made of how unhappy they were last year, how the locker room just didn't fit. I think Kemba, like he's not the only reason. There are so many factors that go into the the different chemistry. They, they changed many different people. <laughs> yeah, and, and they have low usage guys in a lot of places where they didn't have low usage guys before, and I think that's made a big difference too. But him coming in and being so invested in making other guys better and letting other guys blossom – is a big deal. He deserves that. Anything he can improve upon. It's all right to say no. We can just move on because I can't think of anything. He, yeah. 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 <laughs> all right, moving on. This is Kaizen. Yeah. You can always improve, Patrick. You can, but I'm you can always improve. Just being more uh, consistent. Like, so, like I don't know what there's, he can shoot better from three. Oh. I think like he can, sometimes he attacks the basket and his finishing's not as great. But yeah. It seems like a size issue. Yeah, but like Isaiah found spots to finish. Kemba never really like pulls up. He's always going like straight to the rim and has no like in between game. All right, there we go. We found something he can prove upon. But that that's also helpful sometimes. But I, I I like cutting down his usage a little bit, still being super effective, hitting a ton of threes this year. Like he's just he gets an A. Making a lot of threes. He's he's been really good for the Celtics. Next, Jason Tatum with an A minus. A minus. Would have been worse a few weeks ago. Oh, yeah. He's been having a strong, strong he, he is really coming on, and you can see him starting to take shape. 
as a two-way player, as somebody who can get to the basket in a lot of ways. I don't think before this season I realized how gifted he was with downhill footwork. Like, he can really get open when he's in the pick and roll. He can put a guy on his hip. He can go by a guy. He The crazy footwork against uh, in the Clippers in the paint, just like, I didn't know that was part of his bag. Like, he just has so many different ways. And before, he was missing a bunch of layups. Like, you're right. This has all, like, come on in the past, like, month and a half. Um, but it just feels like he's somehow fixed something where his layups are just that much are just sure he gets like getting closer to the rim he's taking better angles his footwork's insane and he's really knocked down like off the dribble threes so i guess moving to his left or that that sidestep moving to his left yeah the three-point volume thing is a big deal for him like he's basically doubled his three-point volume and still hit them at a better clip than he did last year and he's he's become one of the top pull-up three-point shooters in the nba especially at his size that just sets him apart. He, I I think, you know, the, the struggles at the beginning of the season, it was kind of only a matter of time before he broke out of those. That wasn't something that was going to stick with him for a while. He was just kind of adjusting to a new role, to creating most of his shots, to getting most of his shots out of the pick and roll, going downhill. Like, it's a totally different ecosystem he's playing in this year where he has to create so much for himself and for others. And I, I still think he needs to make strides as a playmaker. I still yeah. think as a finisher, he can get better. He needs to get better at drawing free throws. Like those are obvious strides that he can still make, but it's just starting to click for him and you can see it. And he's been a great defender just, all year. Yeah, put that all on top of like, he's just been great rebounding for his position. And so he's, in a very short span of time, he's begun to realize a lot of the potential that people have always thought he had. The only, like, the main improvement I have for him is the playmaking on offense. I think there's a lot of times he gets, and this is probably what makes him good, is able to go off for games like that, but he gets tunnel vision. Like, I have the ball now, and it's like, I'm going to score. And he's very good at, like, making outside shots, but there's some times where it's just, like, uh, either, like, too far in the post or just trying to shake guys where it's like feels like he could do more just everyone knows he's trying to shoot at that point and can do more just like make plays off of that but yeah he's in terms of incremental growth he's the kind of star of the the Kaizen team this year just because he's gotten consistently better as the season's gone on so is our next guy Jalen Brown Woo! also getting an A minus yeah another another Kaizen another maestro grade. yeah he's but he's been had his he made the leap as well yeah and with Jalen like Tatum has really come on the last month, the last couple months. Jalen, it was at the start of the season when he just was much more efficient. His finishing, the growth he's shown as a finisher, and no longer going full speed. The and, patience he now has around the rim and like the tacks he takes, like just like yeah, there. like like he went from a little kid going at breakneck speed all the time. To a grown-up with crafty veteran moves. And it was eye-opening because, I mean, when, when Jalen was a rookie, I think Marcus Smart made this joke. Like, they, they'd be yelling at him, like, dribble it out, dribble <laughs> it out. Like, knowing he was going to just just lose his cool and probably do just, something yeah. stupid in transition. Homicidal and Jaylen. now they're like, go ahead, go ahead. Go get a bucket. And and that's, that's the difference with Jalen now is that he knows how to take his time, knows how to attack his spots. 
he's a third option. Really, really good third option. He can take I think he's improved as a playmaker too. Like Yeah. Yeah. Like just it, making the right pass or like he had one crazy pass where he drove and like swung around his arm and found a guy in the corner. I think he's like I've been improved by his vision. He's never like the most he's looking to attack the rim. Um, but he feels like much more of a willing passer than Tatum at this point. And I'm kind of impressed by that. And I think that's part of what has opened up the finishing for him too. Is that when he's in the worst situations, he'll just kick it out. Or he'll find someone to dump it off to in the post. And that's something he didn't do very often before. His assist numbers are at a career high right now, but it's not like enormous. I think he and Tatum still have ways to go as playmakers. I think the next guy we'll talk about on this list, Gordon Hayward, makes better reads than those guys consistently. But they're getting there. And the strides that they've made. And I I think, like honestly, they can attack any type of mismatch now. And I think that's been important for the Celtics. Like, I remember last year, it was early in the season, maybe even in preseason, but the Cavaliers had Kevin Love on Jalen Brown. And the Celtics were playing their small starting lineup with Gordon Hayward out there. And this was before everything had gone wrong. And Jalen couldn't really hurt Kevin Love. I mean, Kevin Love's an amazing defender. He shut down Steph Curry. That is just not true. He is not <laughs> an amazing defender. He got lucky against Steph Curry. But but now, like, that type of matchup goes Jalen's way consistently. He can punish he, guys with the speed, and then he can – I feel like he's posted up uh, smaller guys less this year, but that's probably because they're just putting less smaller guys on him. Like, that's – the way the Celtics offense works is that they can pretty much punish any any rotation of weight combination of guards and wings. Yeah, it's really tough to guard Tatum, Brown, and Hayward all at the same time. Like there are very few teams that have three wing defenders. And then I mean that have an A at the <laughs> also having a point. In, there. in a perfect world, yeah, you'd you'd want to have length on Kemba Walker too, but you can't have length everywhere unless you're like the Sixers. They're the only team that really has length. Everywhere. And almost everyone else has problems with those three. Even the Sixers will have problems with those three. All right, let's move on to anything to improve upon for Jalen quickly, because we've already talked about Hayward a little bit, so I wanted to just give him a segment. But Jalen, Kaizen, what does he need to work I th- on? I think he still has moments where he forgets the scouting report. Oh, yeah. Like, he's big on biting on pump fakes. He's always going to do that. That feels like it's just part of Jalen who he is. Fouling, he's much better at fouling it. Fouling a three-point shooter. He sometimes closes out a little too short, and you'll see Brad, like, Come on. slam his hands on the sideline. Yeah. So I think Jalen needs to be attentive at all times to what the Celtics are trying to do. When he's locked in, he's a very, very good defender. Uh, but other than that, he, he's working on all the right things. Playmaking still, him and Tatum. They, they can still improve in that. But obviously, they both come a long way. All right. The third wing we talked about to go along with uh, Kemba A. Walker, as I'm going to call him from now on. Gordon Hayward, A-, minus, the two-point daddy. The best read, makes the most right reads on the team. There's got to be a better way to say that. But you know what I'm saying. He's yeah. like consistently just does the right thing in terms of playmaking. He gets into the paint and just makes shit happen consistently whether it's from passing or knocking down his weird little floaters and leaners. And uh, he's just been solid. I think he's not like taking over games, but in terms of just like a very solid role player who can step up at any moment to do what the team needs, he's been, he's been great. 
and there probably aren't many all-stars who would be willing to be a fourth option. And he he seems satisfied with being a fourth option most of the time. It, it, it never drives him out of making the right play. I, that's that's what's probably impressed me the most about Hayward this year is his. He use. never has that like tunnel like tunnel vision when it's it like matter. I need to get a bucket right now. It doesn't matter how how many shots he's missed, how long he's gone without getting a shot. He's always trying to make the right play, and I think that's really impressive. When you look at what he and Jalen too have done inside the arc, they've both been studs inside the arc, and I think Hayward could stand to gain more free throws. Sometimes he doesn't seek out the contact. Instead, he goes to that little, like, turnaround. But he's been really good with that turnaround. Yeah. And, and he's shooting close to 56% inside the arc overall. He's finishing at, at a great, great rate. Almost 50-40-90, as you mentioned in the column. Yeah, he's, he's got a real chance to go 50-40-90. I think he's at 88.1% free throws and 39.2% from behind the arc. So he is... Just, he's had a really solid year. And when the Celtics have needed him to, when they've had injuries, he's increased the usage. He's had some big nights. Becomes like more the, the Miami game on the road, yeah. it stands out as one where, you He know, saved that Orlando game on the road where, like, like, they had no one and it was just... Yeah. He was, like, in charge for a stretch of the game and kept them in it. He had, like, he had a pretty bad shooting game against the Clippers, but in the second overtime... He came up with some huge defensive plays and knocked down a huge three. He was actually came out pretty aggressive and shot two threes at the uh, start of that second overtime. But he's he was open and it was the right thing to do. And so his ability to be like just everything the team needs. And it's all like I feel like uh, it's been in the scrum multiple times after the game. Uh, it's just like Gordon, what do you do well? And he just goes, I do everything well. And he's like a little pissed off by the question. He's always a little bit mad. It's just like, people are like, wow, Gordon, you scored a lot of points tonight. Like, oh, like, wow, Gordon, you had like yeah, a lot of assists. Yeah, what I do. Yeah. So I was like, well, I defend well, I rebound, and I pass, and I'm always making the right play. <laughs> it's a little bit pissed off. <laughs> but but it makes sense. Like, he he hardly ever is going to receive a bulk of the credit. Like, what do you have in the Clippers game? Like, 21-12? Yeah, close to a triple-double, but no game, one talked about game it. Game-winning three. <laughs> yeah. And everyone was like, oh, Jason – and he didn't even speak like smart after the game. If you like try to measure like who well, like what people care about the most, the Celtics always pick three guys to pick after, like speak after the game. After the Clippers game it was obviously Tatum got the podium, and then it was Smart and Kemba. No one want no one even wanted to talk to Gordon because it was just a, another ho hum triple double from him because all he does is uh, make the right read. He's not flashy. Yeah, and but it, he's been very good for the Celtics, and I I think one of the keys for them this season, and we kind of talked about it earlier that he, Brown, and Tatum have been awesome together. And obviously Kemba helps make them go. And Kemba draws attention, frees up everything for, them to for be those one-on-one, guys. But they've been very good one-on-one. But they've been very, very good as a group. Their offense with those three guys as a group has just been ridiculous. And I, I think it speaks to the improvements that those guys have made. I think it speaks to how how much healthier Hayward has gotten in attacking mismatches and and how much more patient Brown and lately Tatum have gotten in hunting theirs and and kind of taking advantage of teams that don't have enough defensive stoppers to guard all of them. And so lately lately those guys have been 
Uh, actually, all season, those guys have been really tough to stop. So, shouts to them. And that, that's, came- uh, that's been, to me, one of the biggest stories yeah. for them this season is that I think there were probably some questions after last year about whether all the wings could fit together. And that's it's just not real. Yeah. Like, it's just not an issue at all. They fit together and they kill dudes. And so the other, I think, biggest question is this team doesn't have a big man. How do they need to go get one? This I'm actually in reviewing the transcript right now. I think this is the first grade I disagree with. Ooh. Daniel Tice getting a B plus and what would you give Tice? I think Tice deserves an A minus. Like what? What has Tice so done you, wrong? Tice you're, like is limited because of his I guess like skill set or his lack of size. But in terms of what he's able to do, he's done it to the best of his career. In terms of rebounding, blocking, playing defense, being like an offensive threat, he's got a couple ten point, like fifteen point games. He knocks down threes. He's just like he he fouls too much, but that's because the war on Tice is a unjust war. Um, that is, he's fighting that every single day too. Like, how can he get that much better than he is now, other than just like adding thirty pounds and two inches to his body? Well, those things matter. You can't grade him for that. You have to Why not? Why because not? It's it's what? Where's your where's your rubric? It's completely subjective. Yeah, I'm I'm the professor here, president of everything. <laughs> president of everything that matters. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, obviously he's been really solid. But what is he already nine and six? Yeah. In a perfect world, the Celtic Center would be a better rim threat. In a perfect world, the Celtic Center would be thirty pounds heavier. In a perfect world, a thirty pound a Celtic center who's thirty pounds heavier could not play the defense that Daniel Tice provides because he wouldn't be fast enough. Tice's value is like being able to go, be with those wings and play pretty solid defense against bigs. I, I hate that you're making me play devil's advocate. I'm here not. And, you're just being oppositional, pointing out that Tice is perfect because Tice has had a great year, and I should be glowing about. I mean, a B plus is done. a good grade. A solid grade. I'm used to a lot of B pluses in school. He. Doesn't shoot threes at a high volume, but he's fit and he's been a good compliment to the guys that they have. And Brad, Brad Stevens has said regularly, we're looking for guys to compliment our five best players. Tice does that. Tice plays D. Tice can play an aggressive style of defense because he's super quick. He's always seems to be in the right position, even though he fouls a lot. The war on Tice continues. He is blocking shots at an awesome rate. Danny two blocks. He's been That's a fantastic offensive rebounder for them this season. He's, if you honestly, if you just looked at his numbers, you'd think he's just a traditional big man because he has piled up the block rate, the offensive rebound rate, like a lot of those things that that the real, like traditional centers do. But he's six eight two thirty. B plus is a good grade. I, I just would get. I think A minus is a better so, one. So you think he's on par with Hayward? Hayward, I have all the rest you of the guys in terms of Texas on par with Hayward. No, I think those, those guys are all better players. Hayward was coming off an injury plagued season. Nobody knew if he was ever going to be himself again. I'm not down on Hayward. I just gave him an A minus. But I'm saying Tice deserves one too. There's different levels of A minus. You could be a 93. You could be a 90. I mean, or what's the scale here? It's an arbitrary grade. I just think Tyson's been good. He shouldn't be graded down just because of his, like, lack of skill. That doesn't seem nice. He's filled his role perfectly and done exactly, like, what you need him to do. 
Maybe you should go to an extra six years of schooling like I did to become a professor, too. <laughs> what does Tice need to work on? I did not on? go to six years of school. Here's the question. So what does Tice need to work on that he can actually work on other than just, like, getting more swole? Okay, so I, I do think him becoming a little better as a three-point shooter would be a big deal. Like, if he could shoot four a game, like, if he could shoot the volume that Al Horford used to, that would be a I guess, but do you, like, deal. want him, maybe like, hanging out in the three-point line that much? It's just... It's just their offense doesn't seem like they're, like, picking pops. He does set a lot of screens. At they're the obviously top, rolling but, a lot more, and that's by design. But I, I just feel like... But he's solid. He's super solid in every way. And there is nothing he can't do. Like, he... And, I mean, he went from being a third stringer behind Horford and Baines, hardly ever playing last season when they were fully healthy to well, all of a sudden he's starting on one of the best teams at Eastern. Oh, Conference. well, yeah. It sounds like he's done really well this year. Yeah. Almost like A-minus. B-plus. <laughs> all right. That's the starters. We're going to go through the bench a little quicker because uh, they're bench players, but not this guy. He's basically their fifth starter. He is known as uh, in the best five lineup. Marcus Smart, you also gave him a B-plus. Um it just feels mean saying it about him, but I don't really disagree. Like he's been the same exact Marcus Smart, but it's not. There's always things he can improve on in terms of shooting uh, efficiency, but he's been better. But he still takes some crazy shots. He's Marcus Smart. He impacts winning. Um, sometimes he makes crazy decisions, but overall, he's just a, a great presence on the team. The one red flag about him this year has been that his two point shooting has fallen off after by far the best two point shooting of his career. It's back to like career average levels, which leaves him like a 38 ish, I think, percent field goal shooter. But the three point shooting, he's still around league average, which is a big deal. Yeah. Like the fact that he hasn't fallen back to earth after last season. He's take he takes a lot of threes and he takes sometimes very ambitious threes, but he's still around league average. But he's capable of making them. So just like the volume of threes has gone up, which is just good for the team. Like when it's the best five, he's at the fifth worst three-point shooter but or just the worst yeah no that works too <laughs> yeah um but uh that's like what you need if you just league average of at the fifth uh, position at the worst position oh man yeah and I, I think this year like he's they've leaned into more allowing him and out of necessity allowing him and just sicking him on bigger guys sometimes it's been Kawhi, sometimes it's been Giannis. Sometimes it's been Kevin Love or Kristaps Porzingis or some, yeah. whatever other center. And I think his ability to do that has allowed them to stay small a lot, even when they don't have a ton of size on the court. And so he has been crucial to keeping that versatility and the skill and all of that while still being a fierce defense. Yeah. When they go to still the bench. all. And he's get like probably the best. I think other than Kemba, the, like he get, doesn't get enough credit for pick and roll uh, ball handler. Like he's has great vision and makes plays. I think he still turns the ball over, which is definitely something he can. I enjoy on. watching him and Cantor run pick and rolls because they they know how to do it. Like Marcus know, Smart's very good at getting guy on his hip. Knows Cantor, the decision making. Very good at finding a sliver of open space right near the rim. Well, Cantor is the next guy, and you gave him a B. I bet um, some factions of the internet will think that is a entirely too high grade. How? Because they'll be tell me how. 
Because he's bad defensively and people don't like him online. Tell, tell me what the Celtics are surrendering when he's on the court. Uh, Less than 100 defense. points for 100 possessions. Less than 100 points for 100 possessions. That's he, a good number. He has one of the best defensive ratings on the Celtics. When he when he's on the court, they allow. Bro, I'm very looking at the points. eye test, and the, the eye the test eye tells test, me. Yeah, is, in, is he gonna have issues? <laughs> yeah, in, but in the playoffs, oh yeah, <laughs> there will be times when the Celtics coaching staff is going to have to decide whether it's worth playing Ennis Cantor in the playoffs. That is totally fair. That will always be fair. He is a he has limitations that are going to matter against certain matchups. That said, he has the best offensive rebound rate of his career. And he's been one of the best offensive rebounders of all time throughout that Ooh. career. He is he has given the Celtics a consistent source of offense on a bench that doesn't have much of that. He has this the defense has held up with him on the court. Obviously, there are times when he looks out of place guarding the perimeter. Obviously, there are times when like Fred Van Vliet is scooting by him or the Rockets are forcing him to guard the arc. And it's like, yeah, maybe tonight is not Ennis' night. <laughs> not a canter night. But for the most part, the defense has held up with him on the court. He's been an absolute force on the glass like he always is. And he's been pretty consistent in a position that the Celtics needed consistency. Robert Williams has been out since early December. Daniel Tice isn't going to play more than 25 or 30 minutes a night. They've needed Ennis Cantor to be at least pretty good and dependable. And that's what he's been. Sounds like you the, the B is a little low for given how much love you're giving to Cantor right now. I mean, Tice is better. Tice is Tice better. Is better. Tice he got a B plus. <laughs> We're seeing we'll how the system works. B. We'll go with B. Also getting a B coming off the bench, Grant Williams, uh, who's I feel like you gotta agree with. It just it's been he's been solid. He hasn't been great, but he's makes hustle plays. He's very good defensively. Um the king of verticality. He also fouls a lot, but he's like oftentimes in the right place. Uh, I feel like his fouls jump. are mostly forgivable. His fouls are like, okay, you needed to foul that guy because you were in front of him, but like he doesn't do the dumb fouls. Um, and he never comes like down. He's very good at going vertical and he's like moves fast enough to kind of jump out on the perimeter. He had to come in the game against the Clippers uh, and they really tried to put Lou Will on him. I mean, he got beat once by Lou Will, but it was a tough shot and then just held his own, like, it wasn't a, like, Lou Will's always going to get a shot off, but I thought he just did a solid job, and I thought as soon as Tice fouled out, like, that's it for the Clippers. Or, I mean, that's it for the Celtics. They're like, because Cantor was hurt, and they were, I thought they were just going to attack Grant, and Grant held his own. It shows that, like, Brad Stevens has enough trust in him to like, go to them that moment. Cause when they're desperate. <laughs> when they're desperate, you go out and, like, you didn't go to a guy we'll talk to uh, much later in class. Yeah, I've, I think Grant has been, I mean, obviously the best Celtics rookie. That's not even close at this point. He has started to make shots after just a dreadful shooting spell to begin his career. I I do think outside shooting is going to be a swing skill for him. Like if he can become close to a knockdown guy, that's a huge deal. If he can make shots consistently, he has gotten already – much better at defending the arc. I still think he's not like at the level he wants to be at and the level the Celtics want him to be at, but they've been able to get away with going to him at as a small ball center, even though he's six foot six. So, I mean, for a rookie, he's been 
pretty damn good. He's been dependable. They've leaned him in crunch time minutes semi-consistently. And he's typically done at least a solid job. His IQ is really high. Yeah. Both ends, really high. He normally does the right thing. Although, at the beginning of the season when he was calling timeouts, like, like it was <laughs> college, right. that was hilarious. One of my favorite things Grant does is, like, he's pretty aware on offense when to set drag screens. And, like, he's the bulky dude and is, like, knocks some dudes over and freed up Tatum. Especially Kemba in those scenarios where Kemba can pull up very easy. Uh, he has pretty good awareness doing that. I agree the shooting has to improve and just, like, generally he's pretty good on, like, play mo- playmaking on, like, the short roll. Like, he knows what to do, but, like, he's not always making the best pass or, like, it's not – that fluid, but he's been solid. Plus, he uh, played board games with me, so I can't complain. Whipped your ass, too. Mm-hmm. Moving on to Brad Wanamaker with a B-. minus. Now, if this grade, Brad Wanamaker's grade at like a month or two into the season was an A. He was he was a 50-40-90 guy. He was up there. And then like a month ago, it would probably would have been like a C. And he's had a little bit of a rebound right now, gone back into that B range. But even, even during the stint when he was a little inefficient, like he was, a, he was a sturdy guy, a guy you can rely on, a guy who's going to play defense. Catch and shoot threes is decent. Obviously the most trusted guy on the perimeter outside of Marcus Smart for Brad Stevens on the bench. He's And the Celtics have needed it because they came into the season. It was literally just guys who had never played <laughs> in an NBA game before. Like their whole bench was like that. After Marcus Smart and Ennis Cantor. Brad Wanamaker, Grant Williams, Romeo Langford, Carson Edwards, Vincent Poirier. Time Lord. Robert Williams. It was all guys who had almost literally never played NBA minutes before. Or real NBA minutes or been in NBA rotations. And so they needed a couple of those guys to step up and command minutes. And Brad Wanamaker was the first one. And when they were injured early in the season, his production helped kind of buoy them and help them win a lot of games during that stretch. And, you know, the last month or so, he's been back to playing good. He's solid. Basketball. He's just like a solid player, never passes in transition, but usually makes those buckets in transition. Like, I don't know how, like, his job is not to be a star, like, improve on being a solid role player. Like, his consistency, I think, is his greatest ability. And so he just needs to be, continue to be consistent, uh, off the bench, like just as a facts in his role. Another grade, which this one doesn't really make sense to me, considering Ooh. he gave out incompletes. Robert Williams, a B minus. Man's barely played. Okay. So I don't think you can give him a grade, but defender B minus. Just because you gave out incompletes to Carson Edwards. I gave out incompletes, incompletes to two rookies who have barely played. Robert Williams got a B minus because he's shown progress. I'm not going to give him an incomplete. That would be disrespectful to the man to give him an incomplete. <laughs> <laughs> he is he has shown progress. He has shown signs of life. Robert Williams has a heartbeat. That's true. He has a basketball heartbeat. And I didn't know that as a when he was a rookie. I didn't know whether he was going to be able to step into the rotation at any point in his career, never mind as a second-year pro. He still does some dumb things. Oh, he he cannot throw an outlet like, pass to save his life. He is very good at throwing scary. outlet passes to the wrong team. Yeah. Incredible at that. Does not for, like the ball in his hands after immediately after a rebound. But I mean, for for him to make the progress that he's made is a very good sign for the Celtics. Obviously, 
health is a concern, you know, for him to have this hip issue so early in his career, be out since December 6th, I think is the last time he played a game. Hip edema. I just see it on the injury report every time. And I have no idea what it means. It's just a hip edema. Hip edema. Hip edema. Best available. Best hip hop. Hip hop. <laughs> hip hop anonymous. <laughs> you can always rely on Jay King for an Adam Sandler reference. Yep. Always. So, Time Lord's gotten better as a passer as well. Um, he, lo- like, he should be coming back soon. It just feels like and uh, December. It's been so long since you've seen him in a He game. just frees them to play such an aggressive style of defense because he's his arms are so active and long. And he's so athletic, and they just force it. They force a ton of turnovers when he's on the court. Obviously, he hasn't been on the court at all lately. But for him to be a rotation player and a deserving rotation player this year is a good sign for their future as long as he can get healthy again. Another great I disagree with Shemi Ojale, C. Plus. How dare you? The man. I have no idea. Ass. I have no idea where you're going with this. He has a small role. You, you mentioned he has an uh, 8.5% usage rate. He just plays. You know why he has an 8.5% usage rate? Because he moves the ball. and uh, Because he's limited. Because he's limited. He gets thrown out there in important games, and he guards very, very talented players. And then some occasionally he knocks down a three. I think the criticism of him, he tries to play make too too much. He can throw a dumb turnover. He but doesn't try to play make. Sometimes often. he does. It, when it, it goes very poorly. So I agree that. He should not be uh, graded highly, but C plus just feels it feels rude for what what he he, he can just come in and like be a solid uh, solid role player. Yeah, and he he's hit more shots this year, thirty five percent from the three point arc. He's he some like he doesn't play some games just because Brad doesn't like to play him against uh, the bad teams. He only uses him against the good teams because he's a C plus. He only uses him against the good teams, which is uh, that's a that's at least a B. Shemi, I mean the guy works on his game as as much as anyone. The guy works and on his body as much as anyone. He's very willing to fill a role, and you know what? They're they're gonna there will come a time in the playoffs where they're gonna they, go to they, Shemi when they dust him off and throw him at Giannis. and he'll be ready. Or throw him at Ben Simmons, and Shemi Ojale will have run on the treadmill very, very hard <laughs> and broken Throwing a medicine ball, a fierce sweat. <laughs> oh yeah, for all the days prior to that to keep himself in good shape and be ready for oh, that yeah. matchup. He'll be ready. I mean, I just a C, a C plus is just again he's limited, but again it's your grading uh, based on his skill set rather than his performance. Moving on to Javante Green, C plus. I mean that that kind of feels about right. I the mean, man can dunk. The man is electric. He, he should be in the dunk contest. He uh, is just can jump far and high at the same time. It just feels like he's that much more athletic than everyone else on the court. But he's had some good stints recently. But it's it's there's not consistency there in terms of I don't get what he does. Like he's not an elite defender. He's not like a catch well, that's what he has three to become. guys. He has yeah. to become an elite defender. I think that's the path to him having a legitimate NBA career is him becoming a lockdown defensive guy. That That's what he's got to be because he's never been a three-point shooter his whole life. Now, he can improve that. He's It would what? help, but like you're right. He has to, if he's going to carve out like an identity. Defense is the way... 
yeah. probably for him to get on the court, stay on the court, get on the court, like create turnovers, get out in transition, and just dunk and your dunk face off. Dunk, dunk, dunk your, your face. face off. Yeah, and he he does that sometimes. Yeah, there he does. I think it, I think it's a fair grade. Now, Vinny Sex Pants, Vincent Poirier, Vincent Poirier gets. Uh, I mean, Vinny Sex Pants gets the D. Uh, I think it works out. <laughs> Uh, but he has not been great this year. He's he's passing. He's still active for some games, but uh, I think it's pretty clear he's been the Celtics' worst player. He, he's up there. <laughs> he's up there. He uh, he has not been. His minutes have not gone well. Obviously, he's mostly played spot minutes. He hasn't played a lot of real rotation minutes. When he does get in games. He hasn't shown much to make you think that he deserves a a bigger role than he has right now. And he's a rookie. He's He's a rookie. Maybe in the NBA for the first time. He doesn't not good coming off the bench and just like in that six minutes, maybe just needs more time. But I don't know like what his role is. Like, is he a rim protector? Is he a... Is he a rim runner like Aliyup? Is he a, a force on the block? Like, is he... A uh, potential pick and pop guy. Like I haven't seen any of that. I I don't know what what like form of big man. Yeah, he should. He needs be. to figure out what he does. Yeah, and it, other than wearing some dope ass Versace suits while sitting on the bench, he was injured for a while with the finger, and so like maybe it's taken him. I mean, we talked earlier about like the the learning curve of like younger players, and it's like takes them time to like build up reps and things like that. So I can understand like. He's making an adjustment to the NBA. He's got an injury with the finger. Like he just hasn't uh, had that much time to to progress. The, but the it, most he's, it hasn't been great when he's been in the game. The he's most had good dan- stretches, yeah. but like that's well, occasional. Against the Pelicans, he had one good stretch. The most damning thing to me is that the Celtics front court has been pretty banged up at times, and Brad has almost never He'd rather go thought, I'd like to go to Vincent Poirier right now. He'd rather go to Grant Williams. He'd rather downsize a lot. He'd rather extend the minutes of Tice or Cantor or whoever is healthy. And Poirier has, even in depleted situations, almost never gotten a chance. All right, we're going to wrap up quick. You gave it incomplete to Romeo and Carson Edwards. Um, just going to fire it off. Quick grades for them, and then I'm going to add the two two-way players. If you had to give them a grade, we'll say that they're all incomplete. but Incomplete. No, incomplete. no, you have to do it. Incomplete. Romeo Langford, pick a number. Pick incomplete. A... Just play the game, Jay. Incomplete. Okay, I'm giving Romeo Langford. I gave him an incomplete because I want to give him an incomplete. I'm changing the narrative, bro. Give me your grades. Romeo gets a B minus. A B minus? Yeah, he's come in and when he's played, he's done it. Like, he's clearly athletic and he's been, he's got. Excel- Romeo is a lottery pick who's done next to nothing. He's 19 years old. You're, I'm grading him based on what he's done this year. He's gone from uh, not getting any playing time at all, playing in Maine, to earning enough trust where Brad will like put him in and start games. And so I'm grading him on process, not results, on the progress of him getting improved. Okay, so my B- minus was Robert Williams, who was a legitimate rotation player, who was a helpful guy when he was healthy. So what do you think he'd be, C+, plus? if you have to give him Robert a grade? Langford, except for like three games, has been nowhere near the rotation. He's suffered – obviously, it's not his fault. He's 19. He's suffered a bunch of injuries. That's why he's got incomplete. 
in terms of uh, grain process here, though, not results, process. Why are we? What you don't know the process? What I'm do pretending you know about like this I do. You've seen thirty-five He's, minutes of Romeo Langford, and the latest minutes, the most recent minutes that I've seen, have been the best minutes. So that tells me he is. Been riding up that Kaizen Mountain and getting a little bit better each day. So he's at a place where he can come in. Juliet over here just loving his Romeo. <laughs> All right. Quick grade for Carson. D. He's not been good. He needs to make shots. He doesn't make shots. This is supposed to be a quick thing, Jay. Now you turn it into a long thing. Tremont Waters. What would you give him if you had to give him a grade? I mean, just for that pass over the head to the corner. A+. plus. <laughs> I was also going to go in the A range. I think he's been fantastic. A plus. G League All-Star. Like, what more can you ask for? Taco Fall. A plus. Best in class. Oh, my God. He's electric. Valedictorian. Didn't know he was going to be in the dunk contest. Just got dragged out there. It was a sin front. How many other two-way guys are out there just sitting front court? Like Nobody. He's a legend. And, like, he's the new human uh, victory cigar. He should replace Gino. Uh, like, he makes Brad seem, like, uh, more connected and human with because uh, he just reacts to the crowd and gives the taco what they want. Gives the taco. You know what I meant. Gives the crowd what they want. Taco gets an A from me, too. That's going to wrap it up. I mean, do you have any more takes? You're the teacher. What a weird world we live in where Jay King is the teacher and the one. uh, And the president of everything that matters. President of everything that matters. Giving out lessons on hoops. I mean, is there anything you can't do? No. No, that's exactly why you should uh, listen to us twice a week here on Anything is Potable. However you listen to us now, just keep doing that. If there's an option to subscribe, uh, let that uh, process be automated. Give us five stars. Uh, that's always helpful. Tell a friend. Say this is the best Celtics podcast. And if you want to read more Jay King uh, and all the other great writers on The Athletic, you can go to theathletic.com slash anything is potable. Jay. Two Ds. Two Ds and potable. That's important. We give you the extra D. <laughs> there you go. That's going to do it for this episode of Anything is Potable. <laughs> Flipped it up on you.